0: Welcome to the Orange Socks Podcast, where we are inspiring life despite a diagnosis. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Nebucher. It was a pleasure to meet with Maria again. The first time was over two years ago when she was pregnant with her daughter, Serenity. That was such an anxious time. Serenity was diagnosed in utero with Trisomy 18, or Edwards Syndrome, when Maria was a little over 10 weeks along the doctors gave her a very grim prognosis. The reality is most babies with Edwards syndrome die before or shortly after birth. Because of that, Maria was advised to terminate her pregnancy on many different occasions. However, she did not want to do that. Maria wanted to give Serenity a chance.
1: I found out about her diagnosis at 10.3 weeks of conception. And I was given all of the negative aspects of her diagnosis. And basically, I was told that there was no hope, that it was a life-threatening diagnosis. I was only prolonging the inevitable, that I just needed to let everything take its course. And I was prompted on several occasions to terminate my pregnancy. My baby had a beating heart, and I knew she was a female. And the same day I got the diagnosis, within an hour, I knew her name was to be Serenity Grace.
0: When she was almost nine months along, Maria had to move to another state in order to find a doctor who would support her in giving birth to Serenity and who would have the equipment and specialists there to support Serenity after she was born. While the doctor was supportive of Maria, he told her she would likely only get about an hour with Serenity before she passed. Around that time was when I first met Maria and she did her first Orange Sox interview with me. Her story was tender and compelling She had to fight so hard just to give birth to Serenity. I never got to hear the rest of the story until Maria emailed me a little over two years later and said she was ready to share the outcome to the world. I was so excited to learn what happened. And this is what I learned.
1: So prenatal care, was very limited in the small town I lived in and in the state I was residing in at that moment. And when I asked certain questions about things we would do if my baby was in distress, when doctors told me they would be the ones to make the decision on whether or not we would perform an emergency C-section, I knew at that point that it was not their choice that this needed to be my choice, and I was choosing life no matter what the diagnosis was. And that as long as she had a beating heart, that I was to fight for her. And the journey began. And I ended up having to find a doctor out of state and advocated for myself to get into the Ronald McDonald House in Orange County. And I found an amazing doctor that believed in life. And my prenatal care began, You know, the journey traveling hundreds of miles just to get the care I needed. It was decided that we would have a controlled labor, so I was to be induced. Seven weeks before my induction date, I needed to relocate, and I needed to go back to the state of California where I would be delivering her. And, you know, prenatal care was always the same. You know, it was still prompted that I was carrying a baby with a very life-threatening diagnosis, and that I heard it even from the neonatologist that I was prolonging the inevitable, and again I was prompted even in that state that I shouldn't continue with the pregnancy, and that I really needed to consider once she was born things such as trachs, even uh, G-tubes feeding tubes. There was an opposition to that for trisomy 18 babies. And I had a care plan, a birthing plan, which could change at any moment, but I had asked for all life-saving efforts for her.
0: The plan was to induce Maria on May 12th, but Serenity had different plans. And the day before, Maria went into labor. After 11 hours of labor and almost having to have a C-section, Maria had Serenity.
1: I was scheduled for May 12th. My baby was also diagnosed with a congenital heart disease in utero. Therefore, she would have problems during labor, and she did. So, my God decided that May 11th would be the day she would come. My water bag broke at the Ronald McDonald House about 1 p.m. And I was scheduled the following morning to be at the hospital at 5 a.m. The way it turned out, her heart would not have withstood the induction. She struggled during labor. It was 11 long hours of labor. I did have an epidural and again, her heart was not doing well. And so I was told that if I continued with the epidural that I would be compromising serenity. And at that point I decided, no more. Let's go ahead and stop the medication now and i'm going to do this as best as i can. no one let me know how to do it or tell me what to do, just let me do it. and so i continued to labor without medication and serenity's heart continued to drop until the very end right before i delivered her. she had what they called desat and her heart had dropped so low in the 20s there was hardly a heartbeat and they were preparing for an emergency c-section when my doctor said okay mama you're on baby serenity needs you now push and i did everything i could with everything i had in me to deliver her and gave three of the largest pushes that i could ever give in my life and there she was
0: she didn't have any facial deformities like the doctor said she would When she was in utero, her hands were clenched so when she was born, they thought she would have clubbed hands. She does not. She also came out crying. Another thing the doctors said she would not do. They had about seven different professionals waiting to work with Serenity after she was born.
1: I had an entire team in the hospital waiting for her. There were seven professionals in the delivery room awaiting Serenity with the NICU incubators waiting for her arrival and they expected her to pass within minutes of delivery, and they expected her to go on oxygen immediately, and none of that came true. She was able to breathe on her own. She was this beautiful baby girl that cried immediately. She weighed five pounds, 17 and three quarters inches, and just perfect, just absolutely perfect. They expected her to be born with deformities, and the way it turned out, The geneticist was shocked, the team was shocked that she had a little toe that didn't fully develop. (laughs) She had slight rocker bottom feet. She was able to open and close her hands. In utero, she kept them clamped shut, and so they assumed that she would have clubbed hands and clubbed feet. She just had slight features, you know, that appeared that maybe she might have Down syndrome. But again, they were just shocked.
0: Maria's birth and care plan said she wanted every life-saving measure for serenity, although in the end, none were needed. Maria remembers just praying that she would have 15 minutes with the baby to love her. When 15 minutes were up, she prayed for 15 minutes more.
1: I just prayed and I asked God if he could just give me 15 minutes to love her, to tell her how much I loved her and how she was just the most perfect, beautiful baby. And when God gave me 15 minutes, I asked him if he could just give me 15 more And as the hour went by and they took her away and they checked her out, I remember just asking if I could just maybe have another date with her to love on her. And May 11th of this year, Serenity turned two years old.
0: An hour after Serenity's birth, the doctors took her away to work with her and to do some tests. When the test came back, it showed that 60% of her chromosomes were trisomy 18 and the other 40% were normal. This means she has mosaic trisomy 18. This is extremely rare. Serenity defied all the odds. She does not have a trach nor use any extra measures to breathe, which is fairly common.
1: When Serenity was born and they did the testing, they did a rush a stat test on her and the geneticist came back and said, Your baby is what we call mosaic trisomy 18. Very, very rare babies. 60% of her cells have the third copy of the 18th chromosome. 40% of her cells are completely normal. And how each one of her organs is affected, she's still telling us what she needs. You know, she is on a feeding tube. She's had feeding issues since in utero. And when she was born, she was on a feeding tube first it was nate through the nose and now it's actually a mickey button in her belly you know but again these are all things that the doctors did not know and they would have never known
0: serenity is now over 2 years old and she walks runs plays and talks although there have been some challenges along the way
1: so neurologically she's delayed and her speech is delayed she is learning how to sign and she has very low muscle tone, so she falls a lot. She wears braces, but today I decided for the interview we were gonna leave those shoes and braces at home. (laughs) I have her in sandals today. But, you know, she is delayed developmentally. She's had two swallow studies and it is neurological for her. You know, prognosis-wise, I finally asked the question right before she turned one on what it was. And I was told that The chances of her making it to a year old were great. The chances of her making it to four are good. And whether or not she will graduate from college, we don't know, but I've already made plans. You know, she's gonna outlive me. And I've spoken to my daughter who's 23. I've asked her, you know, to take care of her sister because she's gonna outlive me, you know. And just getting services for her. Again, because of the trisomy 18 stigma, a lot of doctors don't believe you know, in providing more services, and then they meet her, and then they're floored. I've been told things like, she's a miracle from the medical profession, that they can't believe that she's walking, she's talking, she's running around, that she's not on you know, any kind of breathing assistance. But it's been advocating, you know, just having to advocate for her at birth, you know, making it back from one state to the other.
0: After 10 days of being home, Serenity was struggling to eat after she had been taken off her feeding tube. Maria knew something was seriously wrong, so she packed up Serenity at midnight and drove her to the hospital four hours away. Maria had to wait 10 hours before someone would look at her little daughter. The whole time Maria pleaded, something is seriously wrong with my baby, please help me. When they finally looked at Serenity, they indeed realized something serious was going on with her. After some additional pushing for tests by Maria, it was discovered that Serenity's brain was not working like everybody else's. Her brain does not send the signal to swallow and breathe. And she chokes, so she is at risk for aspiration. Having a feeding button installed fixed the problem and has helped tremendously. Serenity also has low muscle tone and she falls over frequently. So she usually wears braces to help her walk. And she receives occupational therapy, speech therapy, physical therapy, and feeding therapies.
1: We ended up in the hospital 10 days after we got back here. You know, she was struggling to feed, and they had already taken her off of her feeding tube. And I just noticed something was wrong, terribly wrong with my baby, and she was crying a lot. I decided to take the trip, four-hour trip, to the nearest major medical that had a children's hospital, all within the state I was residing in, and even getting there, you know, leaving here at midnight and then arriving there at 5:30 a.m., which, which should have been a four-hour trip, turned into a five-and-a-half-hour, excuse me, trip, and just saying something is seriously wrong with my baby. Please help me. I spent about 10 hours there, and before somebody would look at her and finally realize that there was something seriously going on with her. Through more advocating and testing and three weeks in the hospital, we found out that yes, yeah, she has serious feeding difficulties and issues. Her brain is not working like everyone else's, and her brain doesn't send the signals to swallow and breathe, and she chokes, so she's at risk for aspiration. So we're still, you know, working on that. And for most of the beginning of her life, she was on a bolus feed once every three hours, and then a continuous feed for 10 hours throughout the night. So it was constantly non-stop that she was on the feeding tube. As of a few months ago, now we've upped her feeds to where she's having 5 a day, once every 3 hours on the hour. You know, and again therapies. Lots of therapies, occupational, physical, feeding, speech.
0: I am impressed with Maria's advocacy. She advocated for serenity through the pregnancy. Maria also had to advocate for herself and her birth plan. During the last few months of pregnancy, her doctor told her to prepare for life, but also to prepare for death. Maria had to plan Serenity's funeral, but she was blessed with a community that donated for the funeral that luckily never happened. And Maria continues as Serenity's strongest advocate.
1: I'm out there advocating for her. Since she was two months old, I signed up with the services to get early intervention for her.
0: Despite the challenges that they have had, Maria only expresses joy. Just Serenity smiling, breathing, and waking up is a blessing for Maria. She also finds joy in knowing that Serenity's beautiful face is going to light up the minute she sees her. Maria says that Serenity is her whole world. She is everything. Every milestone that she reaches is a new joy. She is doing so much more than the doctors predicted. Maria feels so honored that she gets to be Serenity's mom.
1: Breathing, waking up, just her smiling and knowing that that beautiful face is gonna light up the minute she sees me. You know, uh, I work full time, I have an attendant caregiver. She did have a nurse, skilled nursing, but we outgrew that. Uh, about 13 months in, we got out of off the skilled nursing and she transitioned into attendant care, which is amazing, you know, again, progress. And just to know, you know, when I get home from work that I make her day, you know, that she lights up and I'm her world, but she doesn't realize that she's my world, <laughs> she's everything.
0: Maria advises parents with children who have similar diagnoses to never give up. Never stop advocating for your child. She says, as long as your baby has a heartbeat, they are fighting and we need to fight too. She urges parents to question everything and says, when you're at an appointment, ask a lot of questions. If there isn't a service provided that you think should be, search for it. Seek out and advocate for services for your child. Just don't ever give up.
1: The best advice I can give is don't give up don't give up no matter what you know doctors are practitioners they're practicing medicine i believe in a higher power i believe in god and he has the final say and my advice is ask a lot of questions question everything find out about your baby's diagnosis you know no matter what just keep fighting if your baby has a beating heart then your baby has a shot as long as you continue to fight. But your baby depends on you, on you to take care of yourself, on you to ask all the right questions. I can't say it enough and emphasize enough, question everything, everything. If there's a service out there that hasn't been offered, seek it, seek it and fight for it. I was not offered services during my pregnancy, uh, genetic services or genetic counseling, which would give me better ultrasounds, 40 at all. That's something I had to fight for and ask for. And it was just to see what challenges and to know what medical professionals needed to be present during her delivery, that we would have a cardiologist on hand, you know, a neonatologist, just to fight for her. You know, so the best advice I can give is just don't give up no matter what don't give up. your baby hasn't stopped fighting, and your baby's heart is beating, then you don't give up no matter what. No matter what.
0: I was so honored to meet with Maria again and catch up, and most importantly, to have a chance to meet Serenity. It was such a thrill for me. I can see how the world is a better place because Serenity and her dedicated mom are in it. Thanks for listening to this episode, Orange Socks, is an initiative of Rise Incorporated, a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting and advocating for people with disabilities. Follow Orange Socks on Facebook and Instagram, and visit our website, orangesocks.org, for more stories and to find national and local resources to help parents of children with disabilities.